with Jesus. And don't just do the lip service thing that the American church is so good at, that I'm so good at at times. Just, oh God, forgive us that it would truly be a walk with him, both feet pointing in the same direction. Walk with Jesus. Amen. All right, so today's passage, you see Jesus. He's confronting people with this reality of what it really looks like to follow him, to walk with him. I'm excited to walk through these scriptures with you today. Because I, I think there's even a part of what's going on where they want Jesus to be an addition to their life. Like, I'm living my life, but oh, there's this Jesus thing, and oh, that might be good, or that might be beneficial, or maybe, you know, I don't want to go to hell, so that could be cool. So I'm just going to live my life, but then I'm going to put Jesus. Where can I put Jesus? Well, he doesn't really fit here. We'll just put him right here in the back pocket, walking with Jesus, get out a hell free card in the back pocket, and live in my life like I've always lived my life, the same as it ever was. Church, that will never work. You will be the most miserable person in the world with one foot in the world one foot in jesus not going anywhere it's going to be awkward and you're going to crash down the mountain no you got to be all in you got to jump into the deep end you got to be where you say jesus changes everything where jesus changes everything and the only way that happens is if you're all in all in i said this two weeks ago but if you truly invite jesus into your life where the Holy Spirit lives in you and works through you, it is going to mess royally with your life. <laughs> if you don't want to change, don't ask Jesus into your life. <laughs> because he loves you so much. He loved, he, out of his love for you, he is going to speak his light and his truth into every area of darkness, every corner of rebellion. He loves you so much that he will not let anyone live in disobedience to continue to, to live in rebellion without his spirit speaking directly into that disobedience and rebellion. Again, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I was always like, Jesus, like, I would really like you to work in this area. Like, I am surrendered, sweetly broken in this area. <laughs> and the Lord says, that's great, Dan, but we're actually going to work on this area. But Jesus, like, Jesus, I'm on my knees. Like, that's a big deal. No, Dan, get over here. I want my truth and my freedom to work in this area of your life. If you truly follow Jesus, he, by his Holy Spirit, will want to work in every area of your life. Have you noticed that, by the way? He, uh, I'll just talk about me. He speaks into the areas of what I'm eating, which I love food, so I don't know if I like that one. He speaks into the areas of what we're watching, what we're doing on our phone, the games you're playing, how you're spending your money. Ah, even our money. How we talk, how we walk. Jesus changes everything. True followers of Jesus. And I, I believe that most of us in this room, we have that passion. We, we love Jesus. We just worship Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. But true followers of Jesus must lay down everything. Everything. Everything before God. And follow him. So let's see what it looks like in today's passage. Verse 57, they're walking along the road. A man says, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I'm following you no matter what, wherever you go, Jesus. You ever said that to the Lord before? Wherever you go. And who knows, maybe the guy saw the crowds. Jesus is pretty popular at this point. Maybe he saw the miracles, saw the buzz, like, hey, you know, maybe this could be beneficial being around Jesus. You know, get close to the action. But Jesus' response, man, right away he shows this guy that following Jesus is not some flippant response where you're not really thinking about what you're saying. 
Because Jesus says, hey, listen, like if you follow me, I don't even have a place to rest my head. He's letting this man know, you have no idea the rejection that you're going to face if you follow me. Remember, Jesus just experienced this. We just read it. He was in a Samaritan village. Did they accept him or reject him? They rejected him. We just saw that. By the way, that's a pretty familiar theme in Jesus' life. The people in his hometown, Nazareth. Do you remember what they did to Jesus? They drove, listen, this is how the word says it. They drove him out of the city. They led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built to show him a beautiful view. No, to throw him off the cliff. Capernaum, where he settled down after leaving Nazareth. They rejected him to where he had to say, you Capernaum will not be exalted to heaven. You will be brought down to Hades. Eventually, the whole nation is going to reject Jesus. What do they shout? They shout, crucify him. Crucify him. So Jesus is saying, when you say that you want to follow me and that you'll go wherever I go, please think about what you're saying. Life spring. That's been a theme over the last year or two years, this theme of counting the cost. And I want to say it again. When you say to Jesus that you will go wherever he wants you to go, that you'll follow him, please consider what you're saying. Because he didn't even have a place to lay down his head. Jesus turns to another guy. He says to him, follow me. You guys heard that one before? Follow me, right? Pretty popular saying of Jesus. It's the same command he gives Levi or Matthew. We get the book of Matthew from him. This is how the Bible describes it. He went out, noticed a tax collector named Levi. He was in his tax booth doing his thing. And Jesus said to him, what? He said, follow me. What was his response? He, it says that he left everything behind. He got up, began to follow him. I want you to notice the same command, same response from Peter and Andrew. Matthew chapter 4. Now Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. Simon called uh, Peter and Andrew his brother. They're casting nets into the sea. Why? Because they're fishermen. And he said to them, say it with me. Follow me. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Again, you're going to notice the same response when Jesus calls two other guys. James and John. Mark chapter 1. Going on a little further, he saw James the son of Zebedee, John his brother. They were in the boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat. See a dad with the hired servants. And went away to follow him. In today's passage, verse 59. What does he say? He says, follow me but he replied lord first let me go and bury my father follow me the same call and yet a different response but he replied theologian stephen cole says it this way the word but has kept many well-meaning people out of the kingdom of god anybody got Something like that going on in your life? Something that's keeping you from fully and radically saying yes to Jesus? Yeah, you know, I'll follow you, but, but first I gotta get out of debt, or first I gotta get married, gotta, gotta get that good job, or, you know, first I just gotta live a little, right? I gotta experience life, I gotta go do some things, and then, and then you know, then Jesus, then I'm all in. But, but first, dot, dot, dot. 
In many ways, I'd say it this way, and track with me hopefully, I think it's the idea of us saying that we want to follow Jesus on our own timetable instead of his. Right? Our own timetable, our own agenda compared to his. I will follow you, but this is how I will follow you, and this is when I will follow you, and this is where I will follow you. Oh, but I'm all in, Jesus. I am following you. By the way, the the point of this verse isn't to give the church like an all-time edict declaring we should never bury our family members. Please bury family members. You know, like, amen. It's not that at all. Jesus, he's challenging our hearts. He wants our hearts. Do you know that, church? Do you know that he wants our hearts? And he wasn't there to condemn them. He was there to save them. He loves you. His response, it was that there's a cost of following Jesus. And you must be ready to serve, to follow, and to proclaim the kingdom of God even when it's inconvenient, even when it doesn't fit your schedule, even when it maybe requires some sacrifice. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You know, these are challenging statements by Jesus, aren't they? They're challenging on purpose. He wants our hearts. I've told you the story of communion with Pastor Tom. For Pastor Tom, his heart was all in for Jesus. He, He was all in when no one else was looking, when no one else was around. He had that bread in his hand. He said, Jesus, you speak a better word over my life. And he administered communion to me, to his wife, to his sister. He was all in. To the very end, to, to, to the very he was all in for Jesus. And I'm sure there was times when he was challenged by Jesus and challenged by, I mean, he was human just like the rest of us. But he had those moments where in faith he had to say, okay, Jesus, I don't understand it all. I got questions. I got concerns. But I'm all in. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. And in this one, by the way, again, he's talking about family and, hey, let me say goodbye to my family. God isn't against families. Honor your father and your mother. Trevin, are you here? Honor your father and your mother. (laughs) But he is challenging. And Trevin, this is for you as well. He is challenging anyone's personal commitment to Jesus and his kingdom. And even there are times when you have to consider your family situation. And, and how, how is that affecting uh, your devotion to Jesus? You see it all the time with Jesus, how he responds to people. He wants our hearts. He, remember the rich young ruler? Remember how he talked to his disciples? Remember when they're fighting about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? His response is always going deeper, isn't it? He always, it seems like he responds to their questions with a question. But why? Because he's going deeper. He's going to the heart. He wants to illuminate. He wants to expose your true allegiances, your true loyalties. He wants your heart. Jesus is, even now by his spirit, he's calling us. He's he's desiring us. He he doesn't want lip service. He doesn't want us just to check off the box. He doesn't want just like perfect church attendance or something along those lines. He wants our hearts. He wanted Pastor Tom's heart. He wants Pastor Dan's heart. He wants your heart. Church, does Jesus have your heart? Does he have your heart or maybe is there a part of our heart that is divided i've really been challenged by this 
the last couple of weeks, I'm realizing that there are areas of unbelief in me. Areas where fear has just taken over. And I've had to repent and say, God, I don't believe. God, (laughs) I don't. God, help me believe. In my unbelief, help me believe. Where is your heart divided, church? Where has fear or anxiety or unbelief taken you into the things of this world instead of fully surrendered to the Lord in this kingdom? He knows, by the way. Isn't it silly how we try to fool the Lord? He knows when one foot is in the world and one foot is in his kingdom. Give your heart to the Lord. Jesus, you hear this all the time, Jesus plus nothing equals what? Everything. All my eggs are in what? One basket. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I thought it would be powerful as we close today to hear a modern day example of someone who has counted the cost, who continues to make decision after decision for Jesus as a follower of Jesus. Not that he's perfect and not that it's easy. I think it's actually probably pretty hard. But he's committed his life to following hard after the Lord. I want you to hear and pay attention to his commitment. The struggles, but the commitment to following Jesus. And, and how it actually messes with his life. It's affected his life. It's affecting the daily decisions that he has to make. So would you please give a big life spring welcome to Ryan Chavez. Hey. So uh, when Pastor Dan asked him to speak, I was nervous, and then I read his message, and then I was more nervous, and I found myself praying for low attendance, (laughs) and this is the most packed I've seen Life Spring in a while, (laughs) Um, but but really, as I I sat down um, to write it out, I felt like I had to keep rewriting it and rewriting it. Um, as I was thinking of, of the cost of following Jesus in my life. Um, and I think it's amazing that we see in Scripture all of these people struggling to follow Jesus, all of our communities struggling to follow Jesus. Uh, and it made me think, what does that look like? You know, I, I'm 25. I didn't step into a church until I was 20. I grew up with atheist parents. Kind of a tough background. A lot of alcohol in it. You know, my, my parents drank and drank, and it, it really did affect me. So the cost of following Jesus, um, you know, I, I grew up thinking that was okay. I grew up thinking that dating without any intentionality of where it was going was okay. I grew up uh, thinking that, that all of it was okay, whatever I wanted to do. I grew up thinking I was going to move to Nashville and be a songwriter. Think about it, I just talked about drinking, a sad life, girls, I was made to write a country song. Like, that should have been my thing. Um, and, and then I think about it, and I, I think about Peter and his brother in the boat, and, and as Jesus comes and it's like, follow me, and they drop their nets. I wouldn't have dropped my net. I was so tangled in my net, I couldn't have dropped it if I wanted to. I was drinking because that's what you did. I lived in a house where we had our own in-ground pool, and before I knew it, there were four kegs on tap, and it was the party house. Well, I was working in a church. 
and how God said, this is not what I have for you. This is not the house I have for you. These are not the friends I have for you. These are not the relationships I have for you. My best friend of 12 years, and I clearly heard God say that this is not a relationship I have for you anymore. The friend that was there my entire childhood, when things went south with my parents, when things went south with whatever else, the friend that I always went to, and God said, this is not the relationship I have for you anymore. From the world's perspective, I had the coolest setup ever. I had the party house. I was a guy in my early 20s. You know, I, I was financially well off. Like, but you know what else the cost was? My anxiety, my depression. Not that those things don't still play a role in my life, but now I'm not just putting a Band-Aid over them. I have a solution that I can turn and I can pray and that I can invite God into that. And I, I even thought about, um, you know, I started going to counseling recently, and, and as I sat there, he goes, I want you to remember a really hard time in your life. Um, and I, I remember this specific time, and I remember being so upset and just sitting on my bed, and, and uh, as I closed my eyes and was thinking about it, it wasn't like Jesus walked into the room. It's not like I saw him enter the room. But he was just on the bed next to me. He was never just walking in. He was never leaving. He was just there. And that was before I even knew who he was. The cost is so low. And, and honestly, had God came to me and said, you're going to get rid of this and this and this and this and this on day one, that net's being held on to. My God, I don't want to let go of the net. That's got my friends. That's got my family. That's got whatever, whatever I had. Um, but it's been amazing the way that God has, has taken my hand and walked me along and said, okay, you're letting go of the net. Okay, now as you trust me, as you step into faith, you're letting go of this. You're letting go of this. And now it's become easier and easier. And there are still so many things I need to let go of, and it is still going to be so hard. But I truly trust that God is working in those areas. Like, and when, when the storms come, I want to be on a firm foundation. I don't want to be one foot out, one foot in. And, and when life is good, I want to lay in those green pastures. I don't, I don't want to be one foot in, one foot out. I don't. I've done it. I tried it for the first year or two of, of being a Christian. Um, it's, it's funny. I think about my first year or two as a Christian, as a Christian, I don't even think I touched a Bible and yet I was like, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Like I believe in Jesus. I go to church, but it's so much more than that. I want a relationship. I want a relationship with God. And the way to have that is we have to let go of things that are not of God. So, um, yeah, as I, as I was thinking this week. It just hit me so hard um, Why? as I asked God, what is the cost? And, and realistically, I had five pages written down, and then it's funny because I brought one, and I didn't even look at that this whole time, really. Um, <laughs> but I, I, don't think, I don't think it'll ever be done. I don't think that I'll ever be like, mm. okay, I've done everything now. Like, I've done it. Um, but, but the more I've done it, the more I feel aware of what God is doing. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen.
the Holy Spirit's really speaking through you, Ryan. One, just a clear picture, I think a lot of us saw this, was uh, Jesus was walking with you, and he is walking with you. And, and it was, you, you could just tell the pleasure of the Lord in your life, that he loves you, he's for you, uh, he cares for you. But then you see out of that love and that walk, he just starts pointing different things, like, hey, you know what, I want to work on this, and no, we're going to work on this. And it's not to condemn you, it's not to uh, belittle you, or to put you down. It's actually out of his joy for you, and, and you know, I want to work on this. And then what you said at the end, I love that, you know, and it's never over. Kind of like on this side of heaven, uh, that God is just continuing to work in us, and, and isn't that beautiful? And even, you know, people get to hear about my flaws every Sunday, because I always wanted to be in a church where pastors could be human too, where pastors could, yes, love Jesus, and yes, have faith in Jesus, and, and be all in for Jesus, but also have areas where I really need his help, and I need him to walk with me, and I need him to point, hey, Dan, and w when I hear the Lord, often he sounds like my earthly father, so I'll say, hey, Danny, I want to work on that, and hey, Danny, let's work here, and it isn't to condemn me, it isn't to belittle me, it isn't to put me down, but it's because he loves me, and, and he loves having us become more like his son, Jesus. He, he loves that sanctification, he loves seeing us become more and more like his son. He loves seeing that fruit of the Spirit grow in us. And, and even that, you said, the first or second year of Christianity where you're like, oh, I don't even know, you know. But even there, the joy he had for you uh, over those first couple of years. And even for us to remember that, if you're on day one of Christianity or you're even thinking about it today uh, and it's kind of messy this week, grace, grace on you. Great, the grace of the Lord. He's so happy to be with you. And he's faithful to walk with you. So we want to pray for you, and, and Ryan's going to play the guitar, and the worship team's going to come up, but we just want to pray for you. So would you stand, and uh, how we're going to do this is I'm, I just am sensing some things, and so I'll just pray, and, and we'll respond. Lord Jesus, one, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you call us to follow you. You call us to follow you, and many of us in this room have answered that call to follow you. And yet in this moment, if there's anyone here who has never said yes to Jesus, never answered that call to truly follow him, uh, as we're praying, I, I just want you to know that the, the Spirit, there's a good chance that he is speaking to you, that he's speaking to your heart, that he wants to bring you forgiveness for sins, forgiveness for all of your sins, that Jesus, his death on the cross, the blood that was spilled on that cross is the perfect sacrifice that covers and even takes away our sins. And so if you want to receive that forgiveness of sins and also the promise of eternal life and truly live a new life, a new walk with Jesus, a new life with the Lord, forgiven and free, if that's you, I, I would just say this, let's do something bold. Everyone's got their heads bowed, but just between you and me, would you raise your hand really high so I know who's saying yes to Jesus to follow him. Amen, absolutely. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen, yes, yes, yes. All over, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You see our hearts. You see our hearts. You see our hearts. You see our hearts. You see our hearts, even now as I'm praying, I just believe the Lord is just, just pressing into our hearts. He is letting you know 
through his passion, by his love, that he wants your life. He wants your heart. Give your heart to the Lord this morning, Life Spring. Give your heart to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord. For others of you, you know that as Ryan was speaking and as I was sharing that the Lord, even in your mind's eye, you saw the Lord walking with you and showing you some areas where he wants to work with you and help you find freedom in those areas. And as the Lord just begins to show you his love, his compassion, his grace, his mercy in that area, receive him, receive his grace, receive his mercy in that area. Not just all the other areas, but right there in that specific place. Because you know that's where you have convinced yourself to live in shame. That's where you've convinced yourself to live in shame. And yet the Lord says, I bring freedom. There is no condemnation for those that are found in Christ Jesus. Freedom. Freedom. Give Him control in that area. Even again, just... Maybe your hands are clenched. Open up your hands. Release that to the Lord. Invite his instruction. Invite his correction. Invite his help into that area. Allow his spirit, even now as we're speaking, to to help you, to to give you next steps. To give you practical steps. He's, He's not just ethereal. He loves practical steps. Allow the spirit to speak the next right thing in that area. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. We want to follow you, 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 Jesus. Church, make this a prayer. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we hearts are yours, Lord. Oh, how we love you. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory, Lord. Hallelujah.
Church, I, I just have uh, a sense that um, you know, I'm supposed to anoint some of you with oil. Uh, just that you would be commissioned, that you would be uh, sent out into this world as a disciple of Christ. And so I'm not necessarily even saying it's a first-time decision or, or anything like that. But just an opportunity to once again posture yourself underneath the authority and the power of God in your life. Saying, God, I am your disciple. I am here to be your disciple, to follow you, 